Scott and Paul Show, episode 28. There was a lot of firings in WWE. Scott saw Civil War. And the Bullet Club ran wild on the ROH with Adam Cole, baby. Episode 28, Scott, oh my God, what is up today? What is up today? I'm heartbroken. Heartbroken? Yep. Oh, was Mother's Day ruined by the Bullet Club? Nah, they they did a pretty good job. (laughs) Um, It was funny. You were not invited to the super kick party? It was funny, I'll give it that, but... I, I liked it, but I have some concerns also. Uh, uh, because you did not get your review copy for Doom until Friday. Was was that the problem? Yeah, that might be some of it. Yeah, well... And, if, you know, Infinity is crapping out. Yeah, if, if you're a uh, reviewer, you're not going to get your review copy for Doom until launch day. Uh, according to Bethesda... Quote, Doom is a robust game comprised of single-player campaign, which I think they said is around 20 hours, 12 to 20 hours, some bullshit like that, online multiplayer, and Snap Map. We believe all three elements are important parts of the complete Doom experience and are meant to be experienced as part of a complete package. It's not the total package. It's not Lex Luger, but it is a complete package. As Doom's Snap Map, and multiplayer modes both require access to a server that won't be live prior to launch. Review copies will arrive on launch day. Well, I don't know what Snap Map is. Snap Map is their new little gimmick where you. It, it's kind of their all in one multiplayer and, and map. It's where you create your own. Um, Level. It's their level design. Okay. So, so it's their all-in-one Mario Maker. So so everybody can just drag and drop. It's really easy, simple map-making design. Well, that so, sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, it may it's, be it, like Lex Luger. It's really simple. And, 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 uh, because so, it's probably going to be broken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it launches. No offense, Lex Luger. But but the, um, uh, the the problem with that is though, where you used to be able to create your own shit on on the old stuff, 
now it's all built together. Yeah, it comes prepackaged. Prepackaged. You can't do your own. You can't mod it now. I wonder if it. I wonder if the PC version will let you do that. No. It's terrible. It's all the same. That's what differentiates PC as far as gameplay goes. Yeah, it's, it's all the same now. Everybody uses the same snap map. Well, I mean, it's it can still be really good. It just won't be as good as it can be. Um, I mean, you've got 50,000 or 100,000 amateur game developers designing shit. Eventually, it's the cream of the crop rises. So, um, yeah, it's kind of worrying that they're not going to release that until Friday. If they're being legit, fine, but they're probably not. <laughs> this is a future bug hunt game. <laughs> I don't know. I'm super excited. I've Has there been a bad game from this studio? Bethesda? Um, this is I mean, the I mean, there's been some less than good games, but you have to go back to... Some of their PS2 days, you know what I mean? I'm trying to think of some of those Bethesda games. I know there was some old Terminator first-person shooters, Doomish clones, Skynet, Future Shock, whatever. Um, Bethesda released those. Daggerfall. Daggerfall was decent. It was good. There was a racing game. I forget what it was. Way back. I mean, like 95 or something. The Terminator games were decent, too. Wayne the first Gr- one was really good, but... Skynet was really good. For its for its time, it was pretty good. Wayne Gretzky Hockey, Terminator series, Elder Scrolls series. Yeah. Their Terminator series got the atmosphere right. That's the thing that pretty much every Terminator game has gotten wrong. Like you're in the future destroyed landscape and uh it feel it felt like you was in a shitty empty world. And then of course well, it's probably because you were in an actually an empty world compared to today's games, but <laughs> the uh, then they had the full motion video stuff too. Zero critical call Cthulhu Pirates of the Caribbean, wet. Yeah, it's a Game Boy Advance games maybe. Was that Pirates? No, uh, it, it was a series, two thousand three to two thousand six. Yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Um. Yeah, Bethesda's got a pretty good track record overall. So, and I wonder how much of a hand that uh, guys like uh, John Carmack have had in this. None. None? Not even some phone calls or consulting, maybe? So, if they have, that, that helps too, because they're usually pretty good with that stuff. But, I mean, I like the videos I've watched. I mean, a lot of people are like, it's not doom. I'm like, eh, it's fast-paced. It's fast-paced gameplay with lots of freaking monsters and demons to kill. And it also has some, like, instant kill-looking shit. Uh, Stuff's got to grow a little bit, but it seems like it's got a lot of the Doom DNA to me. But that's just from watching a video or two. So It looks good, but I'll wait till... Price drop. Black Friday. Yeah. Um... (laughs) Well, since... Scott is an old school gamer and he hopefully has a retro game review for later this tonight. Um, Dead yes, Island has a cute little mini game coming out tonight. Well, not tonight, but later on this week. The uh, Well, on the 31st of this month. Dead Island Defend the Collection will have a cute little game called Dead Island Retro Revenge, which is a 16-bit minigame. 
I wonder how many of this is. Probably about, what, 15, 20 minutes? Maybe. I don't know. No idea. But uh, I plan to own this. It's, it, uh, it, it, it's kind of in the vein of Final Fight, Streets of Rage, uh, Chronicles of Mistara, Dungeons & Dragons, Arcade, beat them up. It looks like that, but faster. Yeah. The official synopsis is um, hell-bent on saving his cat, Max must carve a bloody path through a zombie-infested California, tearing his way through hordes of the undead, battalions of corrupt soldiers, and a slew of evil-minded ex-cons. Pull off crazy combos, collect power-ups, weld super weapons, and unleash insane magic attacks as you fight to become the amazing 16-bit size-growing hero you've always believed yourself to be. Um, look for the definitive collection of Dead Island to suffle onto PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC on May 31st. However, you can purchase this by itself for $5. Yes. Um, and the, the, the article states available across digital and select retailers plans to release it as a standalone title. So maybe... It's going to get a physical release. That'd be cool. Yes, after after it is after the definitive collection is released, you can pick it up as a standalone title. But that's a maybe. You can pre-order it right now on Steam. I don't know about the other. Uh, okay, definitive collection. I'm assuming has Dead Island expansions, all that, right? I imagine it has all that bullshit. Yeah, because um, the important part of this article to me was the retro part, but I don't really know what Dead Island Definitive Collection is. I guess you get both, games. I guess you get both of them together. And there was what Riptide was the expansion. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It is. Now, if you were somebody who spent a shitload of money on. Disney Infinity. You obviously didn't spend as much money as Disney did, so they decided to cut their loss, which is actually going to cost them another $147 million as they are dropping the project. Well, I I hate that, but I mean, they got to make money, and if they're losing money or there's not enough of a profit margin to justify... It makes sense. But the first Infinity was, it was all right. Second Infinity was an improvement. Um, and the third Infinity, the Star Wars one, was actually pretty good. So I hate to see that the game was getting better each release and the supports lost for it. So now they have uh, the servers where you can download all the like, custom maps that people make and upload. And there's some really good ingenious stuff in there. So I don't know if uh, how long the servers will stay up from this announcement, but you might want to search like some top 10 or top 20 list for the maps and game modes that you can download and probably download that stuff to your hard drive. Jimmy Pitaro, I think his name, Disney uh, Consumer Products and Interactive Media Chairman posted the following statement 
confirming the closure of Avalanche Software. After a thorough evaluation, we have modified our approach to console gaming and will transition exclusively to a licensing model. This shift in strategy means we will cease production of Disney Infinity, where the lack of growth in the toys-to-life market coupled with the high development cost has created a challenging business model. This means that we will be shutting down Avalanche, our internal studio that developed the game. This was a difficult decision that we will not take lightly, given the quality of Disney Infinity and its many passionate fans. Um, bouncing off that, CEO Bob Iger pointed to the competitive Toys to Life genre as a key reason behind the company's decision. Yeah, my kids loved it. Um, it drew me in. It's 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 a pretty pretty fun game. So that leaves um, Amiibo and Skylanders. Yeah, maybe somebody will license out their own version with some cheaper, crappier toys. Well, they could always just license out their shit. Yeah, license out. Um, Lego or something. Kojima uh, revealed that his upcoming PlayStation 4 project is the action game that will appeal to people who enjoy AAA games like The Division and Uncharted. Quote, it is an amazing game. We're thinking of about everything all at once, including the plot, characters, and game systems. Since certain parts are fairly new, we cannot help but experiment. While not to say that it's open world, users who enjoy today's AAA games, The Divisions and Uncharted, etc., will be able to easily enjoy it. When it's announced, you might not think, well, that's not outstanding, but you understand when you see it and play it. The genre is action. Well, that definitely whets the appetite a little bit. I wonder if it's going to be an original IP or... I'm sure it's an original IP. He also wants to do something with virtual reality, but at the moment, they don't have anyone to do it. Quote, I think VR holds the key to game development. Sorry, I blanked out for a second. I was checking the Google News for Disney Infinity. Oh, yeah. The first article is called Disney Infinity Died just as it was getting good. Mm. So, anyways, whatever. Uh, during EA's calls yesterday, CFO Blank Jorgensen confirmed that their Star Wars Battlefront sequel will be released in 2017 and will include content from the new movies. Uh, additionally, he said that Star Wars action game from Visceral and Motive is most likely releasing in 2018. After mentioning how Respawn is very excited to be working on a new Star Wars game, Jerickson further discussed the Star Wars plan. Uh, so the cadence should be at very least every year, along with the cadence of the large and small movies that. Disney is doing 
or side moves that Disney is doing relative to Star Wars. And then, obviously, we'll continue to layer in mobile titles where possible, and we'll try to have a diverse Star Wars activity from shooters, all the while action and strategy, but at the same time taking advantage of all the new IAP that's being developed by our partners at Disney. So, let's translate that. We are going to milk this for all that we can. So the re the release schedule for the DLC runs through the majority of this year, right? For the current Battlefront? Star Wars Battlefront Final Expansion arrives in early 2017. Expect the next oh, Battlefront shit. to release in late 2017. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Wow. That's, that is stretching it and milking it. I just hope they have a good single-player campaign with an interesting story and couch co-op. They're not going to have couch. Well, I know they're not going to have couch co-op. Well, this one, this one has couch co-op. Uh, yeah, it has couch multiplayer. There's a difference. There's not a co-op campaign. There's no, but it does have couch co-op though. Yeah, a little skirmishes or whatever. Me and Owen played quite a few of those. Aiden's played a few of them, but um, the. Uh, the big stink that a lot of people that I've spoken with personally, and I know this is a statistically small sample, um, their big issue was the lack of a campaign. It's just, you seem like, I mean, I know multiplayer gaming is the big thing, but they really need to add some sort of a campaign. Well, Even sorry. the one that was in the like Battlefront 2 work because you had a story that went with it. You had narration by the Django Fed actor telling you about, you know, what's going on. And they used freaking footage from the movies to fill it in. But it still felt like you were doing something besides just respawning into infinity. So. Well, the biggest problem was as soon as Battlefront 3 got released, everybody saw what could have happened. Yeah. And when they saw that footage, they really got pissed. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was a game that literally had a license slapped on it. But I will give them credit for Walker Assault because I've probably played 20 hours in just a demo in one map. <laughs> so, yeah, I like Battlefront. I think it's very, very fun. I don't know if it was worth $60 the first day, but... Um, no, I mean, it's worth the $30 I paid for it, but it's not yeah. worth 60 No, I wouldn't go that far. It's missing a few too many features. Um, it did break my EA boycott yeah. that lasted since um, NFL 2K5, or since Madden got the exclusive NFL license. Yeah. So we were, we were 10 years yeah. before I broke, and it took Star Wars. Yeah. Um... Senmu 1 and 2 are being investigated by Sega for a remaster. Uh, Modern controls? Sign me up. Well, this was revealed by Sega community manager Dan Sheridan, who said the following, With regards to Senmu 1 and 2 HD, of course we would love to release these tomorrow. Sadly, go fuck yourself. No. He, uh, sadly, it's not as simple as porting the games to current platforms as we will need to ensure that any HD remaster lives up to the quality of the original titles. 
And with games as immersive as Shenmue 1 and 2, there are further complications from licensed products that are included in the original games. That said, we'd love to do it and are currently investigating how to make it a reality. Well, as long as it's taken them to make uh, Shenmue 3, yeah, yeah, they got a while. Well, it took a Kickstarter to get Shenmue 3 launched. Yeah. To get it off the ground. And it took, um, there was a campaign on Twitter. Facebook and it was Save Shinmu. And it started a couple years back and I jumped on board and it was basically they would just like um on certain dates that were relevant to dates of events that happened in the game, we would just like bombard Twitter with Save Shinmu tags and stories and stupid little sentences and stuff and do it several times a year and they were people going to like game conventions and like yelling at developers, make Shinmu and um, Sony was getting a freaking messages every single day on Twitter and social media and mail and everything. The, I don't know how big the movement was, but I know they didn't stop. <laughs> mm. I mean, it, I still like get the updates. They still they still tweet all the time. Um, but it was it was it was pretty invasive to anybody that stumbled across it. And I think that it probably had a lot to do with them taking notice, saying, "Hey." There's a fan base here. How big is it? Well, someone thought wisely. Let's see what happens with a Kickstarter. So there you go. Shimu 3. And all right. It's now time for Scott's Retro Game of the Week. This one, um, if you walked into the arcade in the mid-90s, or you were one of the very few people that bought a Sega Saturn, you could play X-Men Children of the Atom. Since we did a fighting game last week, I was trying to find some other fighting games, and I pulled out my copy of X-Men. I hadn't played it in a while. Um, This is a very, very, very good game but with probably the, some of the cheapest AI I've ever seen in a freaking <laughs> fighting game ever. And it doesn't mean it's not good, but it's bullshit when you get the Juggernaut and when you get to Magneto especially. And there were two different arcades. Two different arcades. One was like a big four-player arcade. No, one was like two, wasn't there? You're thinking of the first X-Men arcade game. Well, oh, yeah. This was the first of the Capcom Street Fighter style games. It just had the X-Men and their villains in it. Yeah. Yeah. This was the lesser arcade. Yeah, there was actually a six-player cabinet for the original X-Men game. Yeah. Yeah. There was was a six, a four, and a two. I would love to have the six. But, um... Yeah. You have to get another mortgage for that one. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I'm sure you would. I bet that's a freaking collectible. I don't see how much that cost. Yeah, you let me know if you can find anything on that one, because they surely didn't make that many six-player cabinets of that. Um, anyway, X-Men Children of the Atom is built by Capcom. It is a Street Fighter clone, pretty much. I mean, you have some supers and air blocking, things like that. Um, it's not a huge roster, but you got... $2,695. Yes. 
You're kidding me. It's it's I found it. That's it. Yep. That's complete and working. Yep. Wow. Oh, Wait, that's the four player cabinet. Hold on. I'll keep looking. Okay, so anyways, the um and the enemy AI on the default difficulty on the Saturn um is pretty it's pretty hard. Uh which I think is four star difficulty. Um you have the popular X-Men from that era. You know, you had, like, the cartoon stuff on. So there was Magneto as a boss, Juggernaut as a boss. I think there were codes or techniques to use them as secret characters. You could also play as Akuma from Street Fighter. But uh, you had Psylocke X... Uh, shoot. Psylocke, Wolverine, Storm, Iceman, Cyclops, uh, Colossus, Spiral, and a few others. Uh, but the, you know, you had these huge sprites, you had destructible levels. I think that might've been the first time you could knock somebody from one level to another in an arena. Like you could smash a guy through the floor of the ceiling. I think that was the first arcade. Well, it was the first Capcom one for sure. Uh, but yeah, very, very good. So if you happen to have 50 bucks and have a Saturn already, I'd highly recommend it, but be prepared to pull your freaking hair out against Magneto. Um, Magneto's frames, <laughs> his moves have z- like practically zero frames on startup. Uh, he can spam some attacks that if he hits you in a corner, you can't get out if you have somebody like Colossus. You might with a short character like Wolverine, uh, but it's, it's just ridiculous. And I love difficult games, but I'll say the final boss on this was he did his job as a quarter muncher in the arcades. That's for sure. So. X-Men Children of the Atom. Check it out. Do not check out the PS1 version. No. No, 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 no. That game was missing way too many frames animation and was pretty sloppy. But the Saturn version is pretty close. They were they were only missing a few frames here and there. Uh, so. Did you find a six-player cabinet? No. The only one I've found so far is a four-player cabinet. That's still almost three thousand dollars. That's that's nah, that's not too far off what I expected. But for the, um, I mean, it's a hair more for the four-player because I knew it was a lot more common. But the six-player one, I bet, I bet that goes for some serious cash. I bet you're talking eight or nine thousand dollars. You can find it if you can find it. There's a warehouse in Cincinnati that sells all those old-school arcade. I'm games. on Vintage Arcade Net right now. This is out of California. I need to get off the site. I'm trying to buy an iPad Pro for the comic books. Okay. <laughs> on, on, to, <laughs> learn. on to uh big thing about arcade games. They're not as fun when you have unlimited quarters. <sighs> yeah. Well ninety plus percent of them are just they fall apart when you don't have when you have unlimited quarters. Yeah, uh, I got a Mave. Uh, I should just be happy. Other than that. the fighting games, the fighting games hold up, and some of the action games do. But I found that a lot of them, when you can just tap that key, it just kind of ruins it. All right, TV, movies, and TV. Um. There's a possibility that Supergirl will move from CBS to the CW. Well, it is making around uh, 6 million viewers at one time. It did make around 8 million viewers. It's a very expensive show. 
Flash makes around 4 million viewers. Uh, it's Again, it's very expensive. And since this is a Berlanti show, and Berlanti does all the shows on the uh, CW, it would make sense to go ahead and move her over to the CW. Uh, they should know probably by tonight. So next week we'll, we'll probably know. But right now it's just a rumor. And it's been rumor for a while. But they're doing some cuts right now. So we will know. I still haven't watched the show. I need to. It's pretty much a preemptive strike to trim costs to... Um, this is from Deadline here. Such a move from CBS to CW has been rumored for a while, but I hear talks are for real now going concurrently with CBS renewal process, which is nearing the finish line. I hear CBS has until the end of today, Wednesday, to make a decision on Supergirl, but that can conceivably get extended. It is unclear whether an agreement would be reached because it is a tall order for a show of that scale to be produced for CW. Producing Studio Warner Brothers TV already is making a preemptive effort to trim costs, prepping a move of production from Los Angeles to Vancouver in Season 2. That would bring the show from producer Greg Berlanti together with his CW superhero drama series, which are all based in Vancouver. So well, That's cost-saving to start with, but yep. they do a lot of stuff on Arrow and Flash. I'm pretty sure they can handle... A Supergirl show. But it's all at night. That's all it says. Yeah, everything's always at night. Mm. So, and, you know, they did Smallville. I mean, hell, well, superpowers on display every episode. He just he just wasn't really flying. But everything else was there. I mean, you had mutants yeah, that could... Just, he, it was all blur. He just ran fast. Yeah, yeah, the asteroid mutants and uh, all the other plot threads they had. Heat vision, stuff like that. So, they can handle it. Voltron trailer is here finally. Finally, and against looks- all doubts, because I know just not to get my hopes up for this shit anymore. Looks pretty good. Looks good. Looks like Voltron. Looks like freaking Voltron. Lance, I mean, Lance's fucking hair. Jesus Christ. Yeah, except for that, but whatever. Except for the that uh, giant cum stain he got in front of the <laughs> I mean, Yeah. Was- yeah. Um, the mice, the little mice from the animated show, must have had a uh, orgy mm-hmm. while he was sleeping in his on his hair. But anyways, the uh, that was totally completely not funny. The um, Voltron looks like freaking Voltron for sure. Uh, he looks good, and there's a little bit of an evolution of the faces and the hairstyles and the armor that they the flight suits or whatever they wear but really it's about 98 percent the same yeah i mean it's pretty close i mean yeah yeah, they're definitely pulling the old school anime style which i mean is refreshing i guess because i don't care for a lot of the current anime stuff i I don't watch that much to begin with but what i do watch it's got to have a I don't like. Uh, I'm trying to think of what was the one we were talking about. Like, whatever. I'll be in an hour trying to remember this. Um, I'll bring it up next week when I remember. There was a show we were watching, and I didn't like the. Oh, I'm thinking of uh, the anime style 
in that Fantastic Four comic from last week. Yeah, the newer yeah, one. I didn't, I didn't care for the the art of that. But anyways, um, Voltron looks like he's going to freaking uh, come together and pull out a big laser sword and chop shit up. So, super excited. June 10th, all episodes available. Yep. So I will be binge watching that when I'm at Disney World. I'll be like, I'm not going to Space Mountain today. Woo! Woo! <laughs> yeah, Space Mountain. So Ric Flair takes all the ladies. Fuck, but, that's uh, on Friday too. Oh, you fucking assholes. I'll be working. Yeah, I will be. Uh, I guess I, I need to get my son started on uh, the original series. I believe it's on Amazon Prime. So... I've, I've had him watch an episode a couple years ago, and it didn't hold his attention very long. But he was young. Yeah, he was four, which I don't know. It seemed kind of surprises me, especially how much he was in the Pacific Rim. I thought, oh, well, it's time. It is time for Voltron. But well, I hope it's not like the rebooted ca- cartoon where you don't get to see Voltron in the first couple episodes. Because we tried that, and we didn't make it past the first episode. I don't think. I think we watched. Well, we did make it through the first episode, but. It's a little bit more adult. Uh, the rumor going around for the new Justice League villain has been making its rounds, and it appears that it will be, according to Birth Movie's death, is Steppenwolf. Um, all right, next piece of news. <laughs> <laughs> Um, King Kong versus Godzilla is official. <laughs> it will Godzilla um, Two has been pushed back to 2019. It was originally June eighth, 2018, but it will now open March twenty second, 2019. And King Kong versus Godzilla will be May 29th, twenty ninth, twenty twenty. Unfortunately, fucking Gareth Edwards, I think, is still doing Godzilla. Yeah. It will suck. So, moving on to the next piece of news. (laughs) Yeah, um, Godzilla was... It had its moments, but... Yeah, I can tell you how many moments it had. It had exactly 11 minutes of moments. It had 11 minutes of moments. That was it. When Godzilla was on screen. (laughs) The other two hours of the movie... Um, no, not so much. So, fucking Steppenwolf, really? I mean, I'm not saying he's not a good bad guy. I'm just saying, get the hell on with Darkseid or Brainiac already. Seriously? (sighs) Apparently there was a deleted scene in Batman vs. Superman... Dawn of Justice. Lex Luthor's shown communicating with the hologram of Steppenwolf. I'd say that's pretty much set in stone. Oh, I'm sure if they they manage to find a good plot somewhere, maybe it could be interesting, but good luck with that. Warner Brothers, you can't do shit correctly. So, on to the next piece of news. Oh, and I forgot to post this. Uh, The... Uh, hold on, Scott. The new young Han Solo has been cast. Oh, yeah. 
I'm, he doesn't look offensive. I'll say that. Like some of the other choices, like I just wanted to strangle whoever even considered it. Uh, I know that Timothy Dalton doesn't look like Roger Moore, and Roger Moore doesn't look like Sean Connery. I get that, but this, I believe Bond was just a few years ahead of this culture, this geek culture, nerd culture that we movie fans and sci-fi fans have about how things should be. And I think where that was in the DNA of Bond, it works better. But you gotta have to hit, you want to have one hell of a good performance to have a good Han Solo that's not named Harrison Ford. Alden Eisenreich. Yeah, Alden I can't pronounce his fucking name. Has been officially cast as a young Han Solo. Uh, he is 26. He started in a beautiful Christmas. Now, beautiful creatures. And a supporting role in Woody Allen's Blue Jasmine. Yeah, I saw the news two days ago or yesterday, I think. Yeah. Um, I Some shots, he, he reminds me more of Jack Nicholson than anything. Than others, he looks a little bit like Harrison Ford or Dennis Quaid or something. Oh, with that fucking hair. Has, well, no, not with the hair in that picture, but I... This is a really bad fucking idea. Oh, it's a bad, it's a terrible idea. It's a bad fucking idea. It's a bad fucking idea. You're taking one of the most iconic film characters of all time and... Just fucking de-age just, him. Just de-age Harrison Ford. Uh, Harrison Ford hates the fucking series, though. Yeah, well, he does. Get somebody else to fucking do it. And de-age that guy, CGI it. Get Andy Serkis to fucking play him. Yeah, the voice, though. Fucking get, get that guy from YouTube. That not only looks like him, <laughs> but sounds like him. Doesn't mean yeah. he can act. Just get that get guy. Sure impersonate Harrison Ford. Like, if I was walking down the street and that son of a bitch walked by, I'd think that was Harrison Ford's son or I just fell back in time. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, it's a bad idea. Um... It's a terrible idea. It is such a terrible idea to do a Han Solo movie because you can't live up to the expectation. You cannot. It's not going to happen. I hope this movie fucking flops. I don't. I do. <laughs> so they're stop doing stop this. from trying again. I mean, they're going to make a fucking movie about fucking Lobot at some point as they milk this franchise to death. I mean, it's not like fucking Boba Fett where you can put a guy in the mask and don't make any fucking difference. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure Timmy Warren Morrison would love I'm, the voicing. I want a fucking Boba Fett movie because it doesn't make any fucking difference. You can... Right. On to something else doesn't make any fucking difference. <laughs> Spider-Man, Dead No More, comic book news. Another Who's... fucking terrible idea. They're bringing someone back from the dead. And here's the comic spoiler. We already talked about this before. We told you this was going to happen. Here's the spoiler. Gwen Stacy's coming back from the dead again. Okay. On to wrestling news. No, 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 no. Hold on a second. Well, you're going, you're going to talk about this? I got to take a step back here. One of the shining lights of comic book deaths is the Gwen Stacy death scene right. in comics. I, it was the one moment in the freaking last movie that was worth watching too, but... 
anyways, that's another story. The but what made it work was that she never came back. Oh, I'm sure I missed a scrawl or two or something, but regardless, she never really came back. And now she's back. And I mean, when did she die? Like freaking 1966, 68. I mean, I forgot when it was, but yeah, it's been some time. And that was that was a very, very, very adult panel, several panels, and they they knocked that one out of the park. That was ahead of its time, and especially in comics. And yeah, it's just kind of like you're gonna really unravel all that. Why? Because you're fucking morons. That's why. So, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not saying it can't be done well, but I'm pretty sure it won't be. I mean, you already had freaking Spider-Man Mary, Mary Jane, and then now they're not married and know anything about each other or some crazy shit. Yeah, Involving some magic. So Quinsada doesn't like Mary Spider-Man, so he fucking got rid of it. All right. On to WWE. They just like ran like a series where he's like Mr. Teen that doesn't quite have the same continuity. for that worried about it. Well, you had Ultimate Spider-Man, but then they fucking got rid of that. Yeah, that was a fucking promising series of books. The entire universe of yep, and then they fucking Ultimates was great, and then and then that I don't remember what the what the issue was called, whatever it was, where freaking everybody died, and it was just terrible. Blob ain't wasp. <laughs> it's not even like I don't know if you ever saw it, but it wasn't like um, he ate little wasp either. Like he's literally like devouring her guts. She's full sized. Pretty sure he gets killed right after that. But on to uh, wrestling news. WWE did their spring cleaning. They fired Hornswoggle, Alex Riley, Seb Coulter, El Torito, Cameron, Santino Morella, Wade Barrett, Damian Sandow, and the fucking Brooklyn Brawler, who's been there for 30 years. Fired the Brooklyn Brawler? Yeah. <laughs> they got rid of everybody. Nobody's safe. What a bunch of dicks. And on uh, the continuing ballad of Adam Rose, this one everybody was kind of feeling sorry for him. The dumb fucker got himself arrested for domestic abuse. Well, it's because he's an asshole. Apparently so. If you do that, you're an asshole. She was charged with tampering. Unless she had it coming, clearly, right? Yeah, yeah well, he's charged with tampering <laughs> with a witness and domestic battery. Tampering with a witness, huh? He's threatening someone's ass. Mouth <laughs> shut. Uh, 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 I read was she was on the phone, and while she was making the phone call, he to nine one one, he grabbed the phone out of her hand. So that's your felony charge. And once that happened, the uh, WWE. Um, said, quote, WWE has zero tolerance for matters involving domestic violence as per our policy. Raymond 
the pawn has been suspended indefinitely following his arrest. So he will be next to be fired. Good job, dumbass. So now nobody fucking feels sorry for your ass. Uh, Triple H, in case you're wondering where the fuck he's been, well, he's signed a new contract. Did he release a statement over China or anything? Uh, he has said that she... He, he did a quick Twitter mention saying that she finally like fucking broke boundaries or some bullshit like that. Blah, blah, blah. Your, your typical bullshit. Yeah. Didn't she say he, like, beat her once? Uh, she came up some bullshit like that. But China said a lot of things. She also said that everybody in the WWE was doing steroids but her. Yeah, she says a lot of shit. I'm just, I, I wasn't saying that he did. Yeah. She also said that X-Pac raped her, too. During that sex video. So... Sure. Triple H uh, did a um, signed a new contract, signed a three-year deal with the company on May 9th after his last one expired on May 30th. Uh, he hasn't been on TV since uh, WrestleMania. So uh, his last contract had a one million dollar downside guarantee. Uh, his last contract, he earned $1,713,360 as talent, $573,269 as an executive with a fixed compensation, $526,000 bonus, variable compensation. His total pay was $2,817,000,000. He also received the performance stock units valued at almost $300,000. Man. That's a lot of money. That's why he's the game. I guess. Wow. Good for him. I mean, he worked for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He married Steph. There you he go. Steph. <laughs> I wonder how much backstage drama that causes. I wonder how many people don't like him because they think that he's only in the position he's in because of her. I don't know. I know that there's bound to be some jealousy, drama, envy. I mean, there is in this chair right here. <laughs> <laughs> that bastard. Yeah. All right. On to global wars. Uh, once again, we are not doing NWA this week because of global wars, but we will catch up next week. I did find out that NWA this week, it was only an hour. So technically, we could have done it. But since Scott is working overtime, it ain't happening. Next week, though, we will catch up. Yeah, I have to wake up in four hours and 11 minutes. Yes. Yes. Do this real quick. Uh, your link should go through Melcher's review of the show. Opened up too, so I just need to see the match order. Well, you got Melcher's review right there. No, should link right to it. All right. 
It was pretty good. I mean, the uh, I liked how they started talking about their gigantic crowd that panned out, and I was like, wow, there's like 400 people there. <laughs> I think there was like 1,500 people. Yeah, yeah, I was just being a smartass. But, you know, it's just, just the way it is. The crowd was my horribly. Yeah. And one thing I noticed throughout the show was they would be doing a spot and the, it was like the production booth didn't know where the camera should be. They were like on the wrong one. So um, the table stomp with the war machine match. Uh, there was a couple spots. Then they had to go back and play the replay of it. All right, first match was Roddick Strong versus Adam Page versus ACH versus Dalton Castle, with the winner getting a shot at the TV title. Okay, the bangerang finish was pretty awesome. Um, Castle, uh, I don't know, man. I said it the last time we talked about Ring of Honor. Guy just plays the crowd really well. He's, I think he's got an awesome gimmick. I love it. So, and he's a, he's a pretty good worker. And he's strong as fuck. Some of the stuff, I can't remember the names. Of this, I can't think of the names of some of the names. There was a couple times the way he was picking some of these guys up. I was like, ah. they didn't even hardly assist. It was just he just snatched them up. Guy is very physically strong. He's got, he has a deceiving look to him. And he's got that collegiate wrestling background. It's just that gut wrench suplex he does, unassisted, just picture. And that explains it. That was the... That was one of the moves I was thinking of. Um, yeah, that collegiate wrestling background, that definitely explains it. He's I got think a he has one. Strong if he doesn't, I'm, I'll be surprised. But, yeah, um, the finish, you saw him use a suplex cut bust. Well, it was um, basically Dalton Castle worked the whole match. It was nothing but him. Yeah, he run the, he run the show. Yeah. At the end, so um, Roddick Strong uh, used a superplex, gut buster, and a sidekick on Adam Page. But then Castle came in and used the batarang, which basically, bangarang, which is basically a, um, let me go back to my notes. It was basically a uh, reverse sitting down powerbomb. But uh, he, he used that on Page and crushing... Uh, Page in after the match. Um, uh, Roddick Strong got pissed off, saying that he was the best wrestling company, and that basically he deserved a fucking TV title match. He deserved a title. Um, next match was Juice and Thunder Liger. And Cheeseburger versus Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian. Uh, I believe, first off, we need to say that Joseph Thunder Liger is 51 years old, and I think Christopher Daniels is around 40 something. How does that make you feel, Scott? Oh. <laughs> Especially when I say Liger's expanding waistline. Sorry. Cheeseburger, I'd never seen this guy before. And uh, what little bit he actually worked in the match, uh, he was interesting. I, I want to see more of him. I want to see a little bit more and see what he's got. So. Their combined total weight was like 330 pounds. 
<laughs> well, there were 230 and that was that. <laughs> it was the Japanese fella. But anyways, yeah, he's a little guy at Cheeseburger. So, uh, The match was what it was. I mean, they were basically working Cheeseburger over because he was the little guy. Uh, everything was going fine until they botched the the celebrity rehab on Liger and Liger landed around his fucking head. But from what we were kind of told from people in the crowd, it wasn't that bad. It was just the angle that we were looking at because when Liger landed, he actually was able to cover it up with his forearm. He landed most of it on his forearm. And Daniels quickly rolled over and asked him, you okay? And Liger said, yeah. So he just kept selling the neck injury. But it was pretty fucking scary. Yeah, there was a couple botches tonight, but that was one of them. I was like, oh, God, they killed Liger. But, no, he was okay. Um, Daniels and Kazarian laid out Cheeseburger as uh, Daniels gave him the low blow. They used the but um, they used the uh, best Meltzer ever after the match, which is a combination Tombstone Pellet Driver and Meltzer's Camel Top Rope on him. But, uh, um. It was a quick, decent match. Nothing yeah. special. Uh, next up, we had the tag but champions. But you did have a rub. I forgot to say that. They actually got the uh, victory. Cheeseburger yeah, won. Yeah, Cheeseburger won. And that was his first ever pay-per-view victory. Yeah, you got the little roll-up and finished him off. Yeah. Then next, you had uh, R.I.'s Tag Team Champions, War Machine versus Mark and Jay Briscoe. I thought this was a pretty good match. Um, it had a, a lot of that Ring of Honor NXT flavor with the big stunt performances, I guess you would say, because <laughs> there was a lot of big spots. Um, but it also had a lot of the old school brawler, bruiser, character flavor with these two, with these four guys. So that 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 was definitely a bonus for me, since I much prefer the old stuff. Um, but yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a very, very good match. Um, War Machine, man, that guy, what's, what's the one that was doing the cartwheel? What's his name? Uh, Hanson, probably. Okay, the one with the long hair. I don't know, I didn't watch the match. Okay, anyways, they had a lot of, I mean, their brawling style was really good between all, all four guys. But we have Rowan Hansen, so it's okay. Well, and I'm sorry if there are any wrestling fans on here that watch this. I'm just kind of a old school guy. I don't, I don't just get into the new stuff that much. But I really love these guys. So if I get their names wrong, I'm sorry. But Hansen, who I think is the guy with the long hair, was uh, his agility was like Vader esque, better than Vader as far as agility goes. Guy can freaking move. Um, the cartwheel was quick. It was like Mr. Perfect quick. <laughs> it's just boom. He got out of the way of the move. They had a lot of spots on the outside. They had a lot of big power moves. Um, Rose and, the bald one. Okay, then Handsome was the one. He did the moonsault. Um, you know, there wasn't anything graceful about this match. Let me, let me make sure you know that. These people were just beating the hell out of each other. <laughs> it was... I liked it. Um, they did the table stomp, 
and that's where the camera kind of botched and missed it. Uh, but again, this went a little bit too much of the, hey, we're watching a stunt performance that, that kind of turns me off sometimes. Kind of uh, OECW. Yeah, it just kept going and going and going. And I was like, all right, all right. So very good, but, you know, a lot of dives, um, just everything. Uh, the big guy, I'm trying to think. The Briscoes won, didn't they? No. War Machine won. War Machine won. Okay, War Machine's the the ones that look like freaking barbarians, right? There were yeah, there were several yeah. dives, and they did a lot of big stuff. Hanson also kicked out of both Froggy Bow and the Mark and Jay Driller by Jay. But uh, I forgot how they went over at the end. But fans chanted "Thank you" when it was over. Well, they got the um, "This is awesome" chant too. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it was pretty good. Um, what the hell was the finish? Shit. I just watched this. Oh, well. Anyways. Yeah. It was a good match. They also need a new theme song called War Machines. It just doesn't match their personas. Uh, IWGP champion Tatsuya Naito versus Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, O'Reilly is like a baby face, and most of the time the fans like him. But and Naito is a heel, but he's like a cool heel. For some reason, like 90% of the crowd love Naito. And I don't know if this is because of the fact that this is like the hardcore of the hardcore fans. And so since it's a New Japan guy, they're marking out just because he's New Japan. And they're here. I think this is the match that had the in, the New Japan chant. It it is. He's he's the New Japan chant. So I don't no, know if they're marking the, out because it's a New Japan guy, chant. or if it's because they really this fucking love Naito. I don't like Kyle O'Reilly, and I love Naito, so I'm not a good judge of character on this. But I think it's kind of both. Anyway, this was actually a really good fucking match. Yeah, one, uh, of, one of the best matches on the on the show. It was very good. Naito, he had a couple of his spots too many times. The like sitting on his side posing, like dude, get up and do something. Well, he always does that. That's just that's his game. I know it's a shtick, but it, it's still just too slow for me. Um, that's just I don't give a fuck gimmick. Yeah, and he's he he sells it very well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> O'Reilly, uh, I mean, he's he's good. He he's one of the fastest um, guys to use the MMA style of pro wrestling. Uh, the way he transitions and the moves he uses, he makes it as good as that can be. That being a guy that loves MMA, but there's very few MMA moves I find interesting inside wrestling. Love them outside wrestling. Inside wrestling, they don't get me too excited. Um, but he he's definitely good with what with he does his gimmick as well as that gimmick can be done, I think. So. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's definitely hit a, a glass ceiling on that gimmick. Yeah. The finish uh, saw Riley get a near fall for uh, bridging back suplex, but Naito used a spine buster and Stato for the pin after the match. Uh, 
Naido extended his hand. Then he used the he kicked him in the nuts, <laughs> and then O'Reilly uh, was laying there. Naito took the belt, threw it in the air like he always does. So, and of course, always showing no respect for the belt because he doesn't give a fuck. Next match uh, was Tanahashi and Michael Elgin versus Okada and Moose. It's not often you see this two guys standing in the ring and fans start chanting, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, that was, I mean, right, they were just standing there. <laughs> and people were like, holy shit. Uh, and never have two guys done so little and, and the people fucking popped because this was like probably the least amount that Tanahashi and Okada ever had to fucking do and people were like fucking creaming their pants. Yeah. And what little they did was probably better than what you're going to fucking watch on Raw. Cause I think it was a good solid match. They've had fucking five-star matches. Oh, really? Yeah. Just go back and watch New Japan. Anything like Okada and Tanahashi has done, all their fucking matches are amazing. And then when... Um, you have uh, Okada went for the fucking easy heat. All he did is like, all right, fuck it. I'm a heel. Time to get some heat. And go up there and he fucking tagged Moose. And then people's like, oh, bullshit. Boo. Fuck this shit. But it was a fun tag match. Uh, you had like the double drop kick where the two giants just both proved that we can do drop kicks. Yeah, that was that was a good spot. That was a good spot. Uh, Moose, I like Moose. Moose should not be able to fucking move like he can. He's unreal. Um, yeah, he's he's one of the, he's one of the guys. I've watched two Ring of Honor shows, yeah. and he's he stood out in both of them. Elgin did that fucking delayed vertical suplex on Moose. God, was that the one that counted? Yeah. Holy cow! Was that, it was thirty? Wasn't thirty seconds? Moose is, what, probably like 280, 300? Legitimately, no less than 270. Probably uh, 270 to 290. Elgin's a beast. Yeah. And he and and that, and that you got to think, not only is Elgin holding him up, but Moose is supporting himself <laughs> for that <laughs> amount of time. I bet the lactic acid burn in those guys' bodies was ridiculous. So, yeah, there was, that, was, that was a good spot, too. Crowd counting it out. That that was new. That was another new thing I I, I got to see was a crowd counting out a uh, delayed vertical suplex. But the whole match was fucking good. Uh, of course, the end saw what you thought it would be. Elgin took the fucking fall, but it was a New Japan guy, o- Okada hitting the rainmaker on a New Japan guy because Elgin signed with New Japan. So New Japan going over New Japan. But it was a fun fucking match. The next match saw uh, Tomohiro Ishii, the New Japan champ, versus Bobby Fish. And um, this was exactly what I thought it would be two guys beating the fuck out of each other. The best spot in. Wait a minute, did we move to the next match? Fish and Ishii? Yeah. 
Okay, the best. Sorry, I was I was actually replaying this moment from the fucking match in my head. When Bobby Fish is stuck in a corner and he's fighting his way out, or it looks like he's going to, and he belts Ishii a few times, then he decides to headbutt Ishii. <laughs> and headbutt is kind of Ishii's gimmick. And um, Fish just kind of stumbles back and collapses into the ropes or into the turnbuckle. It's, it was just a good spot. It was just it was funny. It was effective. There was some drama to it. And he just dropped. I thought it was hilarious. He tried to use a headbutt on Ishii and then wondered yeah. why the hell he was not stupid. Very good spot. I liked it when I think he was he's doing like forearms to the face and chops in the middle of the ring and then Ishii just says, Fuck this and he headbunts him in the in the heart and he just falls he just collapses in the middle of the ring. Yeah. Yeah. The delayed superplex uh, was awesome. It was very good. It was a good story from from start to finish. Fish knew that he was just going to get the shit kicked out of him, so he tried every single thing he could. Legs, and he knew that um, Ishii was never going to fucking tap. So he had one thing that he could do is just try to choke his ass out, and that's what he kept trying to do. Yeah, they finally got him in the middle of the ring and put him in a rear naked choke. I think Ishii, the, the the good turn on that was Ishii was in the standing choke and he did a forward roll to escape and it failed and he got stuck worse and then he got finished. I thought that was a pretty good end. I think not a big fan of the finish overall, but the way they did it I thought was pretty good. I think they was well, it protect Ishii. Since he didn't tap. Yeah. They said that this was the um Misha Tate Holly Holmes finish? Is that what they said? Yeah, about, yeah. Yeah. I was fucking shocked. I was like, holy shit, he choked out Ishii? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of an anticlimactic spot, but they added a little spot of drama to it with the forward roll. And they the crowd was kind of, like, shocked. It's like, really? <laughs> Next match saw uh, the Young Bucks and Tomatonga and Tomaloa. Um... The Gorillas of Destiny versus Kushida and Matt Sandell and Chris Shaven and Alex Shelley. Wake up, Scott. Yeah, I'm yawning. Sorry. Um, not even going to try to fucking explain the whole fucking match. No, there's a waste of time there. Not a waste of time. It's impossible. Yeah, we'll just tell the fucking story. Uh, as the match was starting, the Young Bucks came out. And Mr. and Mrs. Young Buck was out there because it was Mother's Day. Um, and Mr. Wrestling 3 had paid $6,000 for a super kick counter. And he was so excited because the Young Bucks had promised two things. One, it would be the biggest super kick party of all time. And two, you would see a new member of the Bullet Club tonight. Well, you had a shitload of wrestling, and they had gone for the super kick repeatedly, not one time laying it in. However, everybody else, Saban, Shelly, Sadell, and Kushida would lay in a fucking super kick almost every move. <laughs> and Mr. Wrestling 3 was like, it's not a super kick, that's a side kick. 
I thought that was like that was such a. I don't know how much the crowd knew how they were playing it, but the TV audience was really getting their money's worth there. The angle of the super kick counter and the anticipation of waiting for someone to start nailing the super kicks, yeah, worked very well. Oh yeah, yeah. Fucking uh, Karina, so the hell out of that. But at the end of the match, almost out of fucking nowhere, the uh, they got the Meltzer driver. I I never really fucking knows how big the fucking uh, Tomatoga and, and Tomaloga were until they actually showed up there. Holy shit, they're fucking huge. Yeah. The one guy looks kind of like, like uh, it's a YouTube person. You probably don't know who he is. Looks like Elliot Hulse. Nope. With skull face paint. Yeah, you wouldn't know. He's a lifting gear, strength training gear. But anyways. But they're, uh, they are uh, Ming's kids. So Are they really? Yeah. Okay, well, who's boys? It's funny because Meng really looks like Elliot Hulse. <laughs> so, but it was a uh, match was fucking fun as hell. Yeah, it was a good match. Just uh, a lot of the. It was a fifteen minute freaking stunt spectacular. After the match, uh, Mister Wrestling Three was. Uh, kind of upset that he just got fucked out $6,000. And uh, BJ Whitmire came out wearing a mass Superstar hood. Since uh, Mr. Superstar was a, a rival of Mr. Wrestling number two, so that's your little throwback gimmick there. Uh, Whitmire handed him a flash drive and told him to go to his hotel room and watch what's on it after the show. So that's the next stage of the uh, Carino Whitmire feud. Um, and then next was your main event: ROH champion Colt uh, Jay Lethal versus Colt Cabana. Um, they were having a pretty good wrestling match, but you kept having interference with uh, Taylor Hendricks. Uh, after she interfered for the third time. Nigel McGinnis said, fuck this shit. He kicked her out. Tried to, anyway, and he told Todd Sinclair that she's been interfering. He agreed, and they ejected her out of the building. The match continued, and then, out of fucking nowhere, I forgot what fucking move that, um... Oh, it was Billy Goat's Curse which was Cabana's, one of his finishers. And right at the moment that Jay Lethal was about to tap, once again, here comes Tyler Hendricks. She pulls uh, Sinclair out of the ring. They're arguing, and then here comes the Young Bucks. They go for a super kick. Tyler Hendricks moves out of the way. They super kick. Todd Sinclair. And then they super click, super kick uh, Tyler Hendricks. They it was climb. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they climb into the ring. They have two T-shirts. They toss one to Colt. They toss the other one to Jay Lethal. Which one's going to join the Bullet Club? Because they did promise 
a brand new member of the Bullet Club. And then just like in the old school days of ECW, the lights go out. Everybody's like, oh, what the fuck? What's going on here? Then the lights come back on, and we have a brand new member of the Bullet Club. Adam Cole, baby. And then they super kick the hell out of Jay Lethal and Cole Cabana. And then the shit is on. Out comes a bunch of fucking no-name Security guards. Security guards. Security, security guards. It's super kick, super kick, super kick, super kick. And then out slides out. I forgot which member of the fucking young bus goes out there and they yell at a fucking Mr. Wrestling number three and they, they tell him, get the fucking super kick counter on. This is what you wanted. And then Mr. Wrestling three marks out and says, get it on, get it on. And then they fucking get the counter on 13 and boom, we're up and going. 14, 15, 16, 17. It's fucking super kicked the hell out of everybody. And it's a fucking NWO marathon of this total destruction. They super kick men, women. There were no children present, but they probably would have super kicked children. Yeah. People going through fucking tables. They go out there, they super kick Kevin Kelly. Mr. Wrestling 3 marks out Kevin Kelly's gone. Super kick, baby, yeah. They super kick fucking Mr. Wrestling number three. <laughs> I knew it was coming, too. I did, too. Um, then they get on the, the Young Bucks get on the fucking mic, and they start calling it uh, Jim Ross style. My God, that man had a family. By God, it's a slobber knocker. Yeah. the uh, It was a pretty good – the match was pretty good, and the, the NWO homage was a pretty good homage. Um one of the other botched things that happened was Jay Lethal went a little high on a crossbody on the mm-hmm. safety rail or the dividing rail between the crowd and the apron. Yeah, it took out the the crowd. <laughs> he he hit that dude in that chair. That dude was hurting a little bit. He he that guy had a Charlie horse or something because that guy's legs, man, he plowed him. And I'm thinking, yeah, I would throw my ass in the floor, but like, ah, call my liar. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, the only thing I'm not liking about Young Bucks, as far as in, in-ring performers, they're amazing. And they can play a crowd, but they're playing a crowd with other people's gimmicks. I, maybe I, I've only seen them twice, so forgive me if I don't know enough about them, but I see Too Sweet. That's and, right. So did Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. They do the suck it as well. And they do the suck it repeatedly, just like Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and X-Pac. And then they're spray painting BC on stuff. And they're passing out BC shirts. If they're just wanting to do like an homage that lasts for a couple weeks, a couple months, that's cool. But I don't know. It just seems a little unoriginal. But it was very well done. I mean, I'm giving it like a good solid eight out of ten. I'm just saying it's just their shtick is not the most original shtick I've ever heard. But they are amazing wrestlers. And they do play a crowd very well. And then they super kicked their their father got in the ring, told them to stop this shit. Yeah, they, they super, super kicked, kicked their father. They zip tied Jay Lethal, super kicked him about twelve fucking times. Adam Cole did. So it is what it is. The overall, good show. Yeah. Um I'm definitely interested in seeing the next one. They had their tapings day after so start watching ring of honor and and we'll 
see where it goes from there. Yep. We also we ought to go and get a uh, – I'm not doing it every week because we're already doing an NBA, and I want to keep doing an NBA till what? How many? How long does these episodes run? How many? What year does it? Goes it goes up in 1987. All right. I like I like to keep doing that. But the um, I wouldn't care once in a while like this, you know, mixing it up. But maybe pick out some of the really good ECW matches or something. Do a review. We don't have to do a whole event or anything. Just go over a match. Some of that stuff. Some of the classics. Yeah. Well, next week we'll read or start up on NWA again. But that's it for now. Scott needs to start doing his uh. Start checking out uh, Ring of Honor. Start doing some more Ring of Honor shows. Yeah, I'm going to. Need to get him a VCR or something. Yeah, I need a VCR. This is tape trading. <laughs> All right, that's it. Goodbye. Later. <laughs>